Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. You have made it all the way on your orological journey to episode 160. Michael, what is up? How how are you doing? How how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing good. <laughs> Got my coffee. Finished my coffee. Now I'm stuck without coffee for the whole show, but it's all right. Do you want to run and get more coffee? I can. No, I can. I can fill the dead air. Into a whole thing. It's, it's going to be a lot of dinner. I should actually just grind the beans like on the microphone. It takes like a solid two minutes to do it. Are you still using the coffee that I got you for the holidays? Or, or, dude, or did you, you, burned, you guys already go through that? You went through, through that, dude. <laughs> like both bags. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. good, actually. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hey, everyone. You've made the two broke coffee snobs. Uh, an hour and a half episode where we talk about coffee beans. Coffee bean grindings? Grinding? Yeah, that can be a ASMR as well. Oof. <laughs> Just like grinding beans. Right? <laughs> hey, let's do this. We're getting very distracted. This is going to be a lot of fun. Episode 160 of the Two Broke Watch House podcast. This is a topic that Michael and I have sort of peripherally touched on every now and then, um, specifically with one facet of this sort of uh, power structure that we'll kind of be focusing on. And it's one that we've been really figuring out how to do because we, A, want to figure out the proper way to approach it, and B, want to make sure it's kind of sparking interesting discussion. And so um, but so basically, we think we finally found a good way to do that. But basically, this episode, 160, is going to be focusing on access power watches. World War II access power watches so interesting facts some stuff that folks might not be aware of some stuff folks are probably aware of but all around it's just it's a really cool topic and it's always interesting because um i feel like when you look at watch brands and their histories a lot of the times people don't really like go past the 60s or the 50s have you noticed that yeah and i think it'll also be interesting to talk about um the mindset behind collecting these things yeah, uh, and, and why we find them attractive and how easy it is for us to sort of sweep a lot of things under the rug. Um, <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing, but it is, it, it, it's history. It's another like really quirky part of the hobby mm-hmm. um, to say like, I love this watch. <sighs> Can you believe that it used to be worn by bombers? <laughs> like, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun topic, and we—I I think it took us a while to really dive into it because we were very intimidated by a lot of the history. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure to make this like a history lesson, which some people love, but you know, we don't want to do the audience a disservice. Uh, when the time comes for that kind of episode, it'll it'll take and, a little more preparation. And we've done those shows, but we don't need be more we, of a casual, casual conversation. There's no way we're going to talk about every aspect of this whole thing, but we really hope we put enough really fun items out there to help inspire you guys to do some research. And maybe we can revisit this topic um, in the future. We've done history episodes before. We did the uh, Raquette Amphibia. You did the SKX one. SKX one. Um, did I do a history of Raquetta episode? I did. I think so. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. That sounds like something I'd waste time on. Um, so, yeah, but so this, this is going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited to talk about, you know, uh, uh, some of these. So, um, episode 160, Access Power Watches. But first, but first we have to honor uh, tradition. We have to do an audio risk check. I know I, I don't want to do it. Michael doesn't want to do it. But God damn it. <laughs> we have to do it, guys. 
All right. I woke up this morning. I'm like, God, I got to do a risk check today. I got to fill out my fucking TPS reports. I got to itemize <laughs> everything. I got to do my goddamn money risk check. I just want to sit on the ground and stare up. But no, we have <laughs> to do it. Do an audio risk check. Do you want to go first? I just hear, like, was that a tornado of cats and bubble paper? That was me creaking my chair backwards at the same time the cat thought it best to burst in here. Oh. <laughs> like, full full tornado mode. Like the bell and everything. And now she's just very curious as to why I stopped rocking my chair. You hear her? I hear her. She's there like, she is. She's here. Yeah, I can, I can start with the wrist check. Go for it. It was, um... <clears throat> the best of times it was the best of times <laughs> for this watch this week because uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see how your entire like perception of a watch can change um and, and just i i love this thing top yeah. to bottom now uh it's the seiko um srpc 39 the minnow or mini turtle whatever i uh, thought she threw that off a bridge or something you can't you still have that watch yeah, I put the I put this thing on like <clears throat> I put this thing on one day as the after work watch. You know, I got home, I took off my disgusting work watch, and then I put this on, and uh, it just it just stayed on my wrist like the whole week. What's the reference on that? S S R P C three nine K one. S So this is the one that uh, we picked up together in Hong Kong. Yeah, when we were there. Uh, it's kind of a cool experience if you haven't listened to that episode it's it's uh like our hong kong recap um it was basically the first time that i bought a seiko not on amazon yeah um and then i got it with you know everything that it's supposed to come with the box with like the handwritten warranty thing. i was gonna say remember when, remember when he hand filled out the warranty card i'm like oh that's yeah. what those are for yeah and I, <laughs> I the reason i think it was like out of the box was because one day i took a photo thinking that I was going to finally sell this. Mm. And I looked at that photo and I was like, nah, I'm not going to sell this. There you go. Um, so this this thing, uh, it's also interesting to see it in the context of the SKX today versus when it came out. So a lot of people, when these <clears throat> things came out, TBWS specifically was like, what what is Seiko doing? What are these for? Nobody asked for them. Yeah. It's not really a mini turtle. We couldn't figure out why people were calling it that. Um, so now that the SKX has been officially discontinued and then we see like the new group of Seiko fives, which I guess are intended to be the replacement. Um, this thing kind of lives in a special space. Yeah. Um, the case is nothing like a, uh, turtle yeah it's, you, you doesn't fucking, have that asymmetry to it you fucking um, internet nerds ruined this watch for us before we even saw it by calling it the mini turtle because i immediately assumed it was some sort of aesthetically diminutive version of the turtle it looks nothing like the turtle yeah but it is it is a cool it, it's a cool watch um i've got it on the stock rubber strap cool we'll prob probably leave it on uh this is the blue dial version this thing comes in at like I love the Cyclops. You're just you're just the Cyclops, right? I still have I still have the Cyclops. That's great. Um, <laughs> some people some people like chip that thing off of there, and it looks it looks pretty damn cool. But um, it's a really really good size. I still have a couple of SKXs here, um, and I can I can wear those for a bit, but it'll never take me through the whole week like like the way that this thing did. Yeah. Um, so I, I would actually argue that the size on this 
and the proportions are a little bit better than than the SKX. Wow, um, very cool. So I'm happy it's maybe, still with you. Maybe not as versatile strap wise as something like an like an SKX, but man, this, this thing is it's cool. I dig it. And I, I actually I, I don't even know how many how many versions are out now because they, just think, they came just, out with it's it's funny I was just thinking that I'm like I'm like I'm trying to like Google I, I think there's, I know there's a black one right yeah there's a black one there's a blue one there's a Pepsi one there's a patty oh yeah the Pepsi one is the patty one and it has a like a textured dial to it they came out with limited Zimbi versions for I think Thailand specifically okay um so those are really hard to come by and people are also again starting to mod these like crazy so it's it's kind of fun um well, it depends on how yeah. they, depends on their modding. Are they putting like fish bone hour hands like the four seven zero zero two? Oh, that was that was a that was a mic moment in TBWS <laughs> history, if I've ever heard one. Um, no, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen fish bone hands, but uh, you know if if the you know if the SKX isn't your thing and you you you're not into the the specs and the new Seiko fives, I know a lot of people have issue with the push pull crowns. Um, the price on these things these these have around 300 maybe this a little is, less this is a well i don't understand why people when people are asking like oh i don't like skx's and i don't want like um you know uh, uh a squale or something like that what's a really cool 300 dollars dive watch why don't more people bring these up these are cool for 300 bucks yeah. yeah these these are and they're like it's super compact like the lug to lug is tiny mm. um but it's it's still like a beefy, bubbly diver. I don't, I don't know. It's, what was the, the new blue, name? I'm sorry. The blue is gorgeous. the The name that we gave it was the minnow. Ah yes, there it is. <laughs> That's far more appropriate than the fucking mini turtle, guys. <laughs> um. So yeah, that, that's that's what I'm wearing. I, I'll I'll keep it on the, this uh, vented <clears throat> rubber for a bit. I'm tempted to pick up. Something like um, a waffle strap from Uncle Seiko. Ooh, I think that that would be kind of fun. Uh, but for now, this is this is great. If you're feeling crazy, you could try putting on like um, a shiznit just to see. I know you. I know. I know you're like a, not like a NATO person, but you never know. Yeah. Its size might lend itself well. Um, yeah, I, I still like NATOs. I I just have to I have to refresh my NATO collection because I, I give a, I've given away so many of my NATOs. Mm -hmm. Because if I sell a watch, I'll just toss in a few NATOs. And then I noticed that I was doing that for like five, six, seven sales. And then I'm like, I got no NATOs. You're like the giving <laughs> so, tree. You're like the orological giving tree. You've given us all there is to give. Uh, so now I, I actually only have, um, okay, if we're talking about the ones that I wear the most, I've got that Phoenix, mm. which I'm like kind of on the fence about because I still don't get why people go nuts about them. I know they're historically accurate and it looks really good on the CWC, but um, I might it, reach out for some for some NATO advice uh, or place a very large order with Terry, <laughs> just because I know how, like how that works. Yeah, well, I mean, is it like is it like the greasy cheeseburger, like a simple greasy cheeseburger? I know I know this is like not an appropriate thing to talk to you about, but like is it where it's like oh, it's so good because it's like uh, uh, a quintessential greasy cheeseburger, no frills, no bullshit. Is, do you think it's like an ironic love? For the Phoenix strap in that sort of vein, 
I think the love for the Phoenix, it, and maybe <clears throat> this is like related to our topic today. It's just the military tie mm. and, and like the fact that that's historically accurate to have something like a CWC on a Phoenix. Uh, and the look, the, the look of that combo is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but quality wise, these things were super like mass produced and just issued, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it was just meant to go on your wrist and not necessarily like look or feel good because it is a piece of equipment. Exactly. Um, like, who the hell cares about your Instagram photo when you're like in the middle of like the Falklands conflict? Or I don't know. <laughs> like, so yeah, th- that I have that one and a couple of blue sharks. Um, and I think I've got like one <clears throat> shiznit left. I th- I've given those away too. <laughs> so, wow, you got to re up, man. I gotta, I gotta restock. Right, but. But yeah, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll put this this little Seiko on on one of the Natos. It's a twenty millimeter lug width, so that's that's pretty that's good. cool. That's a good one. How about you? My turn. I am unashamed, unashamedly un motherfuck motherfuck English. I am uh, without sans shame. I'm wearing my fucking Invicta Pro Diver, dude. Nice. Remember how much hate this watch gets every time I post it on the IG feed. <laughs> You should have just saved up and got a real Rolex. Yeah, with what fucking, like, great job. Like, with should... what great paying job am I going to save up enough money to get a fuck? I'll, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a Folex and just incur the wrath of the nerds even more. <laughs> like, Tech- Shark Week Shark Week style, we should do, like, Invicta Week. <laughs> or, like, if we want to get people even more upset, like, Homage Week. If I want to get people upset, I would sell every watch I have and just, like, buy Invictas. Or like, or like, sell every watch I have, but just buy one shitty Invicta at full like three thousand dollar MSRP and ignore like the fifty dollar Amazon price. But like, no, 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 I want to pay full MSRP for this fucking like general grievous hemorrhoid for fucking three thousand dollars tonight, dude. You know. But uh, yeah, no, wearing my Pro Diver, Invicta Pro Diver, um, uh, Sans bullshit. I really do love this watch. This watch for me. It's one of those interesting things that I think we're always contending with in the sort of watch collecting journey that we're all doing in that there's something I like in regards to certain specs. So like, let's say a 40 millimeter uh, classic subcase dive watch where I obviously I don't want to buy an actual fucking like 40 millimeter Rolex because it's just too expensive and you can make a whole bunch of arguments you know, for why not to get one XYZ. So there are a lot of watches that sort of fill that 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 niche of specs that I want. 40 millimeter automatic classic subcase. Um, and the first watch that really came in my radar for that was this watch, the Invicta Pro Diver. However, I deferred getting this watch for so long because of what I thought it would do to my orological street cred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is it's, and it, it, I, it, it might sound ridiculous of me saying that, but I think we're all more guilty of that than we're probably self-aware of. I think many of us have talked ourselves out of buying certain things for fear of what it would make us look like or make us be perceived like. So let's say you were in fucking Target with your spouse or whatever and you walked by the watches and there was a really cool Snoopy Timex. Like, oh, that's really so much fun. I'd love to own that. But I don't want to look like an asshole with a Timex. <laughs> when when I have a bunch of like other like you know 
three, four, five, six hundred dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So Timex is Timex is so hot right now. Timex is very. <laughs> I should, I should probably think of a different brand, but yeah, Timex is super hot right now. Um, but with the uh, with the Evicta Pro driver, I I tried my hand <clears throat> at a bunch of different like uh, micro brand sub homages. That thing really ever clicked. A lot of times they were too expensive. Um, and then one day I'm like, fucking dude, you know what? Let's just do it. So I spent like sixty or seventy bucks on this uh, watch from um, Amazon, and I feel like such an idiot for talking myself out of doing something that I know is going to make me happy for so many years it feels like you, you know, know? people people mod those also and the mods come out pretty damn cool yeah dude why the fuck it's okay so for 60 or 70 bucks you get a 40 millimeter sub case you get actually a pretty decent bezel you know what I mean I mean here I'll give you some fucking yeah. oh yeah. right you know? can you also can you also lick the microphone while you do that it's kind of it's kind of my thing. I know. Not I'm right. Really. I'm, right I'm right. I'm right next to the window, <laughs> and church and church just got out. So everyone's on the sidewalks. I don't want people to see me licking. That's just like the final straw. You know what I mean? <laughs> then the, then the fucking natives are gonna organize and kick me out of their goddamn commune. I really don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to incur the wrath, Michael. That beautiful. The that beautiful little town. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, man. Kill the outsiders. Uh, but what was I saying? <clears throat> but yeah, so I, 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 this is a great watch to mod. Um, also because of the movement. This is the cheapest watch that you can get an NH35 in. It's an NH35, uh, uh, you know, Hattori, which is like a non-branded Seiko movement. Uh, 60, 70 bucks. It's fucking incredible. Dude, like micro-brand watches with this movement... Uh, three, four hundred bucks usually. Sometimes What's higher. What's the cost of an NH35 on its own? Do we know? Probably forty or fifty bucks. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> like really close to actually the actual price of the movement. Well, Invicta probably buys fucking like so many of these. You know what I mean? They get some kind of like bulk discount or something. So, I I I don't know. Um, also, I think uh, I think in a lot of these Invictas are made in Malaysia, which is where a lot of like the NH35 Seikos are made. So maybe there's some mm -hmm. sort of um, easy partnership or easy kind of like wholesale relationship they have because they're geographically not far from each other. I don't know. I would I would mod your black one mm -hmm. and then pick up the blue two tone. And then party it up with that one. The Disney one? The Mickey one? Yeah. I want the two-tone Disney Mickey Invicta. <laughs> so fucking bad. That's actually not a bad idea. I could just mod this and get that. And I had that be my park watch. My Disney PAX watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, so I'm wearing the Pro Diver now. I fucking love this watch, man. My only gripe is that it's got Invicta blasted on the side of the case. But honestly, that's something that you can fix super easily or just ignore like a mole, like a new mole. You're in the shower, you see a mole in your thigh. Fuck, is that cancer? And then like you get out and dry yourself. <laughs> I'll find out later. <laughs> I'll find out. Like yeah, I really don't. I I gotta eat lunch. I don't have time. You know what I mean? It's incredible. It's incredible how easily you can talk yourself out of doing something where you think it might be threatening to your life. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had yeah. those moments? It's <laughs> like, oh man, is that a headache or is this the big one? Ah, the Simpsons are about to start. I'll fucking, I'll just worry about it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it in my next annual in three months. Oh, yeah, give fucking plenty of time to metastasize and take you down, dude. But whatever. Um, I'm getting very distracted. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, I love this watch. But that's actually a good idea. I could mod this fucking thing and then just buy the uh, 
the two-tone blue dial Mickey, right? Speaking of which, have you? We've all almost made it through January. Have you haven't purchased the watch this month? Have you purchased a watch? Uh, no, the last watch I bought was my new Orange Star Diver, um, just before 2019 ended. I, I remember. I remember when 2019 started. I was like, I'm gonna buy one watch in 2019. And I, I think I bought something in January. I was like, fuck. I'm like, this can't be the only God one. God damn it. <laughs> so I'm very excited about making it through January without buying a watch. I'm, 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 I, only did, I only bought one watch last year, and it was my Orient Star Diver. Good man. I go low. I, I, I don't buy watches that often. Like, I go because I, cause I just of, of how feverishly i've been trying to get rid of fucking watches just to yeah. reduce the noise in my fucking collection so i don't yeah and i think the only i think the big purchase from 2018 was the gavox roads mm. that's a good one too so good but yeah so but yeah for this show and we're in the pro diver um if you two are like me and you found yourself uh on this journey for a sub style case 40 millimeter just something really fun and wearable and invicta's been on your mind but you've been like no i can't buy an invicta buying an invicta doesn't make you an invicta guy just to just to put that out there like you you know what i mean and also at the same, same time buying an invicta it's not like giving yourself smallpox you know what i mean it's not like a it's not like a viral choice it's just, just buy shit you think is cool and that's fun and don't worry what other people think Mm. Yep. The best advice I can fucking give. Except that rainbow Invicta that I have. Don't buy that shit. Don't, don't get that one. Don't get that was a bad one. That's like buying fucking orological smallpox. <laughs> I still have it. I have it. I, I I I I it is my cursed monkey paw. I have it in the case it came in, in a storage bin, with another storage bin on top of it, and those two storage bins underneath the giant desk, with no hope of that watch ever escaping. <laughs> But I know one day I'm gonna like wake up and it'll be like on my chest, like ah, you know, <laughs> scary. I'm telling you, man. Um, good wrist check. Very, very cool. I'm good happy. I'm happy to hear you're still. <clears throat> you still got the Seiko Minnow. I was really worried. It's it's really it's it's become very attached. You know, I I, I brought it home, man. I brought, brought it all it the way all the way from Hong Kong in my luggage, big fat box in the way of all my shit. Um, <laughs> You know, it was it, it was a pretty good journey for for this watch. For both of you. For both of us. <laughs> but here, let's do this. We have some, uh, so moving on, we have some housekeeping items we want to talk about. But at the same time, you mentioned there was some Seiko news. Do you want to do Seiko news first or should I do housekeeping items first? Um, You, you can go ahead with those those other agenda pieces. So here we go. House Two broke watch knobs, housekeeping items. I wanted to dedicate some merit time to talking to you fine folk at home um, about a particular hashtag on Instagram that Michael and I have talked about a little bit throughout a whole bunch of episodes, but I don't think we've really ever like drilled down and discussed this before. And the only reason I'm doing this is because some of the TBWs, some of our fine TBWs contributors are using the hashtag. And as a result of that, I'm seeing the hashtag more and more uh, you know, out there. Um, from so so thank you to everyone that uses it but I want to talk to you guys I want to have a real conversation with you <laughs> <laughs> about the real wrist shot hashtag it's hashtag real wrist shot um, 
Some people have been curious about that. Some people immediately understand what it's about. The real wrist shot hashtag is Michael and Mai's way of really like unsexifying a lot of these fucking Instagram posts, which are really just trying to get you to buy watches because of FOMO. You all know which ones I'm talking about. It's the picture of like the guy on his fucking yacht shelling some oysters and there's like some hot chicks in the back laughing and they're like on the Amalfi Coast and he's wearing like, I don't know, some fucking watch. And it's, it's nice just and, and yeah, right. And and the caption's just like, huh, another lazy Saturday in paradise. You're like, <laughs> fuck, man. Fuck. I think the, I think you the, know white gold, the white gold yacht master too would be perfect for that. Exactly. That's and it's that. just like, fuck, man, that's like that's how I become a great watch collector. Hire a bunch of fucking deadbeat hookers who rent a $50 an hour boat and eat some fucking sea roaches around $50, noon. $50 an hour? Is that good? I have no idea. I've never, I've never rented a boat before. $1,000 an hour? I don't know. What's good? Dude, that'll, that'll get you like a dinghy in the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> listen here. Listen here, Pops. Can I eat my fucking chicken McNuggets in your dinghy with my Timex for two and a half hours? I need You're going to have to hang, hang crank to... that like lawnmower engine. <laughs> <laughs> that's see that's actually that would be a great contender for a real wrist shot you throwing your back out pulling the ripcord on your fucking dinghy engine with a photo of your pro diver the idea behind <laughs> the idea behind the real wrist shot is to just show what actual people who wear watches how they live some real wrist shots that we've gotten so far. I love EAA. EAA did one of him doing the dishes, I think. Or like him like cleaning out his garbage disposal. No, and then someone did theirs. Uh, uh, I think it might it might have been... Um, oh, let me see. Someone did theirs of the toilet. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> MK, MKE filmmaker. He did one of him cleaning his toilet. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it was that, that that's the one that he was oh, doing. I replaced the filters on my water thing. That would have been a great opportunity. God, what a pain in the ass that was. Oh, I bet. You know what I mean? So, like, those are what I would constitute as hashtag real wrist shots. Just, like, actual people fucking, like, living their lives. Um, stuff actual watch collectors do. You know what I mean? Not all of us are, like... You don't have to be a fucking, like, weird womanizing jet setter to be a watch collector. Like, where did that idea even fucking come from, dude? Or, like, you don't need to have your Ferrari steering wheel fucking blinged out with, like, hublots. Diamond-encrusted hublots, you know? I think, I, I think honestly, and, and this is nothing against him, uh, I, I think it honestly started with watch uh, a niche, that, that, that yeah. guy oh, that yeah. runs that Instagram account. I think yeah. he... I think he did that one photo where he was, it was like a close up of like a Lambo exhaust where they were like lighting the cigar. The cigar, yeah, I remember that. He, he had like some crazy watch on his wrist and yeah. it was, it was an experiment and it just like blew up on social media and uh, yeah, rightfully so. He's like, I'm going to turn this into a business. So yeah. <laughs> um, it really just speaks to the kind of content that, that people guess, just interact with. It's the, well, um, it's 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 the problem is seeing stuff like that. It lets people know in their minds if there's something that they're not happy with in their lives, or if there's some sort of goal they're striving towards. If you see other people doing that stuff, it gives you the sense of like, yeah, I can fucking possibly do it too. Or it gives you almost like a real life totem for you to 
to point your 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 goal towards but like dude that's not real people shit i can guarantee you watch anisha's had diarrhea with a timex <laughs> at some point in his fucking life I'm sure he was duct taped to a fucking porcelain bowl in the back of a bar somewhere, just fucking looking at his fucking being like, oh my god, I've been here for 10 minutes, the girls are probably leaving. That's real life shit, dude. Right? Like, no disrespect, but everybody, everybody has bad days. Everybody fucking shits. Everybody, first of all, I, I, need, I need to caveat this. I will not accept toilet wrist shots. For the real Rashad hashtag. I should probably just say that now. <laughs> so any of you yeah. guys are getting fucking like, 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 oh, I'm going to take a pee. No, please don't. I don't want to see that. All right. Yeah. There is a line. Okay. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't have caveated that because now I'm going to get bombarded with them. <laughs> the fucking internet, man. See, that's the, that hashtag real Rashad, that's the idea because like when I first got on Instagram, when I first started getting interested and figuring out what kind of watch collector I wanted to be. I saw a whole bunch of that shit, like, and it's just, it really, it really fucks you up because it conflates the idea of being, of creating a great watch collection with creating a great life. You can have a great watch collection and a fucking shitty life. Look at Archery Luxury, <laughs> right? Oh, what happened to that guy? That's the question. I think he's still doing stuff. I, th I think he's still doing. I think, so. I think he's he's still doing. No, no, no disrespect. Good for him. Um, you know what I mean? So like that, like that kind of stuff. Um, always pissed me off. And then I think one day in an episode, we offhandedly made the uh, real wrist shot uh, hashtag like joke. And um, recently, it's been ramping up with folks using it. So um, thank it, you, to have everyone. Fun with it. Use it. Have fun with it. Um, really understand the, the 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 sort of you know ethos that went into kind of Michael and I uh, just bringing that up on air. You know, one day um, I want to do more real Rashad hashtags. You know, yeah. um, stuck in traffic. You know, burning food. That got falling downstairs after you go to the hospital. A great chance to do a real Rashad is when that dog attacked me. Remember that dog attacked me. That. <clears throat> that would have been an incredible wrist shot. That would have been like you, a mic drop, right? Like in the in the fucking ER, which is like covered, just my arm just covered in like blood. Like oh, okay. Christmas chrono, you know, red and green for Christmas. You know, that would have been great. That would have been a great real wrist shot hashtag. Motherfuck, dude. But um, and also a uh, uh, huge shout out to people who are using Seiko Catterday. The Seiko Catterday hashtag, uh, just so everyone knows, is a two broke watch knobs thing. Except no substitutes or usurpers hashtag usurpers you fucking know who you are Psycho Canada started with me and my two cats <laughs> Ying and Yang on one lazy Saturday afternoon and that's the story um you had Seiko news you wanted so yeah those were my housekeeping items you guys if you guys have any questions about real wish shot the real wish shot hashtag or even Seiko Canada let me know what's up but um yeah, that's just something I wanted to uh, to uh, talk about and just empower and encourage you guys to take as many real wrist shots. Waiting in line for McDonald's. Uh, crying baby. Real shit, man. <laughs> All right? Your fly is down the whole day and no one fucking told you. Motherfucker, why didn't I? I had three meetings today and no one told me my fucking dong was... My fly was down. Like, that kind of stuff. See, so yeah, I'm getting very distracted. I'm just thinking of real wrist hashtag ideas now. Um, but here you had Seiko. Let's let's talk about orological news. You had Seiko news. You want to talk about? Yeah, kind of a pretty straightforward uh, topic right now. Somebody on the Slack channel posted um, kind of a link to a new group of 
like dark Seiko watches or like oh yeah um I think they've called them the blackouts or some shit blackouts right? or, or they've they've had different names for them in the past I wanted to say Blackwater but that sounds like a bad product name Oof. maybe well isn't um, wasn't Blackwater that private mercenary force Blackwater is just all around a bad thing to call a product <laughs> I'm googling Blackwater and seeing where this takes us um. So there's there's a new set and it looks to me like they're all built on uh, black water and sanitation context and those wastewater from toilets. Yeah, which most likely contains pathogens. Okay, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking about with private mercenary force. I take that. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like it. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are three of them. Uh, There's one that basically looks like a blacked out sumo. There's one that is the marine master case blacked out. And there's the one that I think is most special is the um, Corona. the SSC 761J1. And it's a solar chrono, but it looks to me like it's um, in a sumo case. So it's blacked out sumo case, chrono, solar movement. That is a sumo case. That's even like a sumo bezel almost. Oh, the no, the font's a bit... I can't tell from the photo or what, but yeah, that is basically a sumo case. And it's kind of funny because I, you know, after after somebody posted it in the Slack channel, I went looking for articles that were currently live mm-hmm. and websites were writing about only the other two and they were skipping <laughs> out on the cartograph. Obviously the interesting one they don't talk about. Thanks guys. It, yeah, and I'm, I'm just like, what was the thought process there in like cutting that one out specifically where it's all, po- this is part of the same product release um so i'm just trying to figure out what the logic was in cutting this one out because i i think it's actually the coolest one i've never wanted a blacked out seiko uh until now and this Mm. thing is pretty damn cool i'm looking at it right now i've never seen i've never seen a chrono in, in like a sumo case like this either uh the pushers look to be like screw down so like you got that it's got a dive bezel i'm assuming they're expecting you to take this shit underwater so let's let's see. It's caliber V one ninety two, pretty standard solar like movement. Plus minus fifteen seconds per month. And you get so a sapphire. You get wow. a sapphire crystal, so not hard lex. Um, forty four point five millimeters, fifty one point six lug to lug. It's a sumo thirteen. Case. Yep, thirteen point seven millimeters thick. Um, yeah, this thing's thing pretty great. cool, actually. It's limited. It's limited. Um. But it's like three thousand five hundred pieces, so you sh- you really shouldn't have trouble. Uh, and I think I only found mm, I, I don't think I found U.S. pricing. Um, uh, seven twenty five USD. I'm seeing this one side say, but I don't know if it's reliable for the uh, for the Chrono. Chrono. Okay, yeah, it'll it'll probably go down. Let me see if I can. Get this on Fleabay. Uh, or just fucking hit up Say Japan, dude. After he helped me find my fucking limited edition Orient, I'm oh, a yeah, Say I'm, I'm a Japan believer. Oh yeah, those things will probably show up on there. Oh look, there have been so there have been some um solar chronograph sumos before. I guess I just missed them. Uh-oh. The SSC seven fifty nine is a blue is a blue solar chrono and uh it's basically the solar chrono version of your watch on a rubber strap. How have um, we never seen these before? 
people people have cool people have let us know but um I, I i dig this black one i think it's pretty cool the blue one's crazy the date wheel and the blue one's black yeah yeah i kind of like the sub dials cool yeah so that's just something i wanted to bring up and i thought it was kind of i, I didn't even look at pricing on, on the other ones because i'm sure they're super expensive especially the marine master mm. um but uh are the other ones if, mechanical the other ones are mechanical. Oh yeah, yeah the fucking the, the expensive. Yeah, Maybe so. that's why the other websites didn't talk about the Corona because it's quartz. Is quartz snobbery still a thing? Have we not, in our zealot endeavor, eradicated quartz snobbery yet, Michael? I that that's that's why I wanted to bring this up. I'm just like, what's the thought process in leaving that out? Um, so, is it too much work to write about like <laughs> the Corona ones? Um, but yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a cool release from Seiko, kind of stealthy. Um, I think solar chronographs are still some of the coolest watches you can get, uh, but some of them are. I understand that some of them can be a little cheesy, um, or like kind of basic. So you know what's you not cheesy in terms of like solar quartz chronographs? The Christmas chrono. The Christmas chrono. <laughs> the Christmas chrono. So if you want something with a little more, uh, not I, I wouldn't call it flair. But spice, I call, it, I call it finesse. This is this, yeah. this 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 is a watch clearly finesse. It's not just like a fucking slap together, call it a soil quartz chrono, and you know sell it. Like it's it's, it's quite cool actually. It's kind of it's got this like matte black Aventador vibe, man. I I, I dig it. Hmm. So <laughs> I know I know comparing Seiko to an Aventador is absurd, but I'm sure um, Seiko would love for you to keep making that comparison. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. But that's cool that's stuff. the only news I have to bring up. So here, let's do this. Let's shift into the main topic, man. How do you want to do this? Um, access, so I get, access power watches. So when we say access power, what do we mean? Germany? Germany. Italy. Italy. Japan. Japan. Yeah. So... Watch brands with histories in those countries and how that history very generally um, was affected uh, during World War II, um, you know, access powers, all that stuff. It's, um, it's a cool topic. Folks don't talk about that much. But, uh, but, but that, so when we say access powers, that's what we mean. Basically, access powers, World War II, Germany, Italy, Japan. Yeah, yeah and um, kind of the one thing that really got me going on this is it, the the Panerai, of course. I, yeah, having having one now, I just sometimes I stop to like look at it and figure out why it is the way that it is, um, and wonder a little bit more about the history because the brand itself, as it stands and operates today, is pretty <clears throat> good about dodging. Um, do you remember that of, that thing they did? History? Didn't they do like a release a while back? Like, oh, in honor of our like. They didn't call yeah. it an anonymous dial. They called it like, I don't know, free dial or some stupid shit. Do you remember that? They, yeah, so I know what you mean. And the issue was, uh, and, and we can we can get to this this article. Um, the issue was, that they, I think they were saying 1936. And, mm. and that's completely wrong. It's not, it wasn't mid thirties. It was forties and like very much a time when. Those are the bad basically, basically Rolex was producing watches to fulfill the orders for Panerai to protect um, the Panerai family and their employees 
from basically a death sentence because mm -hmm. if you weren't fulfilling the orders that <laughs> were being placed by the Nazis, you would be accused of sabotage and you could be killed. So um, that's a business plan. Yeah. So that's when that's when Rolex, you know, made sure even even at the level of the movement, there were no markings. Um, but Rolex continued to produce these for Panerai uh, to protect the family and the employees. Yep. So uh, it's kind of, kind of a super hairy part of the history. And I found a really cool website uh, and it's actually called. So the Instagram user is Perez Perez Cope Perez Cope. Perez Cope, um, and he kind of he kind of operates just purely as a hobbyist um, and produces this, these crazy articles. So this one specifically on the anonymous Panerai dials, I've never seen a more in depth piece of watch writing in like the entire time I've been doing this stuff. Wow. He he really goes into the origins of these watches and the kind of misinformation that oh, was wow. that was circulated <laughs> he has here 1944 comp schwimmer not late 1930s <laughs> yep yep so <laughs> that's crazy and this is a good and page. also so this this article also has some crazy photography of like comp schwimmers actually wearing um what what is essentially like a modern day radio mirror you see them actually both branded with Panerai dials and then also the anonymous uh, dials. Wow. So there were, he even has photos, not, not necessarily in this article, but of Panerai displays like at watch shows. Uh, I don't know if it's like Basel or something else where they would have like an anonymous dial and there's a little placard that would say 1936 or whatever. And that's wrong. Um, like for, for that, for that watch specifically. So, um, this is an article on periscope.com that we'll link to. And again, it's titled The Anonymous Panerai Dials. And it really just opens up everything that is typically like in the shadows um, with, with these Panerai watches. There's a photo in this, in this piece. The following picture shows German consumer recruits wearing Panerai watches during their training in Italy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to go through the, let's see, it's one of the final paragraphs here because it, it kind of drives it home. Like how, how dire the situation must've been. So when Rolex became aware, the watches were meant for the Nazi forces. They removed all Rolex hallmarks and signatures. Rolex didn't want to be associated with the Nazi regime, but they kept sending watches to Florence in order to protect Giuseppe Panerai and his family and his employees from harm. Wow. The Nazis would have considered Panerai a saboteur to the interests of the Third Reich if Rolex would have stopped the supply. Being accused of sabotage was basically a death sentence. Hans Wilsdorf, the founder <laughs> of Rolex, basically saved Panerai's life. Wow. Um, That's and, heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and by the way, the, the research that this guy does, he's actually pretty close to the, the Panerai family. Um, spent a lot of time talking to the original founder's wife, uh, digging up all of this historical knowledge. It's, it's a really, really cool site to dig through if you're into figuring out more of just the Panerai story. And it's funny because one of the biggest accusations that Panerai gets as it operates today is that they have fake history, um, that they're like calling they themselves. Don't. 
they they don't but it's they like fake history it really but it's like okay okay they got bought out by a luxury conglomerate and they operate out of switzerland now but they're still kind of like toting the whole italian oh, vibe oh yeah okay that yeah I, I understand that but i mean are you really can you really blame them for trying to like pivot or reinvent like their position on the market or the way that they communicate their history um i i'm definitely like against like flat out lying <laughs> about when a certain watch was from yeah um but I don't know. You, you you can't you can't blame Panerai for being like from the '90s up until today, essentially. Like that that being their focus. Their 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 focus being what like being Richemont owned and like being manufactured elsewhere, but still being like, oh, we're Italian, blah blah blah. Like like you can't blame for doing that. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I personally probably wouldn't want to dig too much into the past. Uh, these these are just. These are fine timekeeping instruments that were like really cool designs back in the day, and I think they translate really well today. Oh yeah. Um, Objectively, these are cool looking watches. When you take all of the fucking weird hate that they get these days, um, specifically for like uh, people are very critical of the whole like the whole Paneristi culture and like yeah. a lot of that stuff. When you take out all that bullshit and all your extraneous crap that's affecting your perspective. In my opinion, objectively, these are really cool fucking looking watches. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but um yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Panerai is trying to fake their history. I think they're they're actually trying to start looking forward. Um, especially if you see what's coming out of like the lab ID watches where they experiment with different materials movements that don't need lubrication and can like operate for 50 years <laughs> like wow. it's before service um you know they're 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 not necessarily just like rehashing the same stuff if you really think about it this is funny actually check this out and uh, according to maria Teresa panerai the widow of giuseppe panerai none of the items um the items being the the the, the watches that the nazis made panerai make so none of the items requested by the nazis have ever been paid for yeah jesus yeah. and this and, and this i'm sure was the case with a lot of um a lot of different manufacturers that supplied the force um be it watches or like clothing uh, tools vehicles yeah. um these these are companies that had gun guns to their heads essentially yeah. um so it was just it was just interesting to see how the relationship between Rolex and and the Panerai family was was operating at that time, what they were going through, um, but definitely not super cool to like <laughs> hide the history behind that one specific uh, 2017 special edition. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember everyone like immediately jumped on that, and it was this yeah. Crazy. Doesn't uh, doesn't Lunar Oyster have one of these anonymous dials on his side? Do you remember that? I think he sold it. He finally let's, sold let's, it. Son of a bitch. Or maybe he, he had, decided to keep it. He had that shit on there for years. Let's see. Let's take a look. Do you think, Lunar Oyster. So this is also a lot of times the issue when people are profiting off of um, not necessarily Nazi memorabilia, Nazi memorabilia, but stuff that was involved with like the Nazi regime, World War II. Do you think there's some sort of ethical quandary 
when you're, if you're making money by selling these things as collector's pieces. Do you know what I'm or, saying? Or spending money. Um, or buying it or spending money. So, like, yeah, what is what is the ethical quandary there? Um, why why are you drawn to this uh, this piece of equipment that was basically part of like a soldier's arsenal? Mm-hmm. Um, folks that probably did some pretty bad things, right? Uh, and this this goes for again like the Flieger watches uh, and even that like Seiko that you pulled up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is probably the most extreme case of military like if seiko could you imagine if seiko reissued the what is it the fucking kamikaze there's <laughs> like something that looks like it today so, so according to zen's article technically these weren't and, and we can talk about this more technically those seikos weren't used um for kamikazes they were used by pilots who used the same planes as people who used okay so that's just that's what he what he what he points out so um yeah. But yeah, but but I I I think Lunar Oyster sold it. I don't see it on his site anymore. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it either. Good or maybe for he, you. Good maybe for he you just <laughs> good for you, man. Maybe he decided to keep it. I don't know. I think that he had was... the shit listed for like a hundred k, dude. Yeah, dude, that's that's wild. That's the price. All right, very very cool. Yeah, so we'll link we'll link to um uh. Perez Scope's uh, piece, really, really fucking cool. Read it, dig into it. It's really well written. It's really well researched. Great, great, uh, great photos and stuff. Um, you know, you know what sucks after going through a few of his articles um, and just like checking out all these like crazy photos of of the basically old school radio mirrors. Um, I kind of want one, <laughs> but I. <laughs> The, the bank account won't allow it and neither will the wrist because they're like pretty huge yeah <laughs> i'll pass i'll pass i i i'll pass on this one yeah. um so 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 that was italy who next germany or japan germany is a big one and uh something we we've probably talked about these flieger watches more more than anything else because um it's a it's a it's a different situation than what you encounter with Panerai, where it's just Panerai and Rolex like going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Fliegers, you had five. It was like Stoa, Wempe, Alangenzona, IWC, and somebody else. Uh, Laco. Laco. Yeah, there you go. Um, so there's a lot more variety in 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 what you find. Uh, there's a really cool article that we'll link to from Watch You Seek um, that basically goes through the history in, in detail but not like exhausting detail so you can still run through it um again much much like what we what we admire with the cwc and what i go crazy over with british military watches it's just a spec sheet that was given to different manufacturers and they just had to make it yeah um you'll find that spec sheet in this article um but i don't think iwc has ever I think IWC tiptoed a little more than than these other manufacturers. I had Lock- no idea that IWC had done that until we started like looking into this and we were talking about it. Yeah. Um, Laco owns it. Have you have you noticed that? And a lot of like like Laco stuff is like, oh, proudly made for the German Air Force in the 1940s. Like, really, dude? Sorry. Yeah, and, and the ones <laughs> like people give Panerai shit, but it's like you can buy some from Laco that are like patinaed relic like this this one was in a plane crash <laughs> um 
delivering cuddles and gumdrops. <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's is it just a shame that these things look so cool and are so practical as like timekeeping instruments? I think for me, it's and is it wrong? Is it wrong to love them? <laughs> I don't think it's wrong to love them because history is objective and anything that has history to me is automatically interesting but there are certain facets of history which are which merit kind of like a geekery like oh that's so cool and then there's some facets of history which kind of demand more like reverence than anything else like oh man this is super heavy this is not like it's not like oh they added the magic lever and it's a cool complication like you know what i mean like there's like there's different facets of, of collections i think it's possible to collect without that sort of like this is cool enthusiasm and more collecting of like this is a really special piece uh, during like a pretty crazy time in history yeah um, and it represents you know x xyz i feel like the reverence collecting facet is not common i think people collect stuff um that's like it's like quirky and cool or interesting which is fine but i think we're so unused to collecting with reverence that when we do come upon a piece like one of these um Luftwaffe, you know uh, piece so I have some like a Laco or something like that. We don't know how to have a reverend sort of respect, respectable reaction, um, while still wanting the watch in your collection. I feel like that's yeah. weird for us. I, I we might not know how to do. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know. So maybe there's maybe there's an extra step like an added layer of responsibility where mm. you should probably be a little bit more mindful and understand like understand where this came from yeah um you know it's it's my understanding that some like car collectors go through this as well because Volks, volkswagen was another brand mm. um that, that was tied up in in all of that some some others uh yeah, yeah. I, I i just find it interesting that iwc actually didn't make a big pilot until um like mid 2000s or something like that I didn't realize that. Yeah, wow. IWC was just IWC, you know, and they made these like Portugasers and ton of like cool stuff. And then one very like much later on, they they came out with the the big pilot. And I wow. wish I wish I was paying attention at that time. I'm curious to know how it was received, uh, and and what they as a brand went through. If because anyone they, knows, let us know what's up. Yeah, they they took the design and luxurified it, and uh, you know it became their most popular model. Yeah, uh, but I think they made it also made it different enough from from the original spec sheet, where so maybe, it's not like an why. homage to this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 If Definitely. IWC if IWC comes out with like the fifty five millimeter, uh, yeah, that that would be interesting. I think Laco might be the only one of the five that has basically done a one-to-one -one recreation Think the, so. the 55 millimeter <laughs> there you go All right how much is that thing let's go let's go let, let's 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 give Laco some direct traffic let's, let's figure i don't out. i don't know but i've i've actually i've messed with um a 55 millimeter longue like how is that from the actual time period it's a clock holy hell because yeah. it's it's you would wear it on your lap like because you're like sitting down and like looking for the right time to drop bombs so you have to you can't be looking at your wrist 
So you just wore it on your on your thigh. That's insane. All right, let me see here. From passion to legend. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude, the copy on their homepage. Hold on. It says time for legends. Time for a Laco pilot watch. Okay. Yeah, that's what you guys want to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for <laughs> here. What a 40, 40, I'm looking for 55 millimeter, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be on this site anymore. I can do it. I can do it for both of us. Let's see. Maybe, maybe I... It's hard. They they name all of their models. After like towns. Towns. Replica so like, 55. I'm like, I don't know where that is. 55 millimeter aviator observation watch. Okay. That's what you want to call it? <laughs> Observation. Observation. They're just looking, guys. They're just looking from the plants. Okay. <laughs> God. Yeah. I wait for the day they call it like the annihilator. The, the eradicator. The Laco 55 millimeter final solution. <laughs> there goes our Laco funding. Bye, Laco funding. Bye. <laughs> wait, bye, wait, Michael. Product description The legendary reputation Laco Aviation Watches had during the 1940s. Helped to firmly establish the company, so it was all. Okay, I'm not reading this. I'm closing this website. I'll be the whole thing. So it was only natural that we would welcome the opportunity to create another unlimited edition of our replica with a K, uh, especially one that would coincide with their 90th anniversary of celebration with Laco's founding. It's a four thousand dollar watch. Yeah, it's expensive. It's a lot of goddamn cheddar. I could have it engraved. What should I have it engraved with? Death from above. This, this can get hairy. Okay, good. <laughs> That's probably the safest option you could have come up with. Good. Good, 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 good. But yeah, you're right. So, I think I think they're the only ones that are really fucking owning it. I mean, at, at the same time, fucking good for them for having the balls, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm still I'm still super into this style of watch. Mm-hmm. Um but like I actively try to find something that's a little different. Yeah. Um a little different from the spec sheet and is am i being am i being overly conscious about this does it really just not matter um you know again what is the ethical quandary in in being attracted to these watches i don't know like i said to think if it's something where if you well the, i i i think if, if you're buying a one-for-one spec of this 55 millimeter like a new version it's it's kind of weird because that's what if Not, you're also what if you're also like a military militaria enthusiast like folks mm-hmm. that because that's that's another expression a collecting expression folks collect you know military tools oh, yeah. from like throughout history um so i i guess in that context it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a really funny quote from Mark Gordon, uh, who was one of the most prolific Soviet watch collectors uh, on Earth. His he basically said he wasn't a, a a Soviet watch collector. He was a Soviet Union memorabilia collector. Like he never <laughs> saw himself as a watch collector. You know, uh, so I, I thought that was kind of funny. Which makes probably, me wonder what else he owned. Exactly right. You know. Um, but I think it's odd buying the 55 millimeter, uh, like like this, this this 55 millimeter dial that's brand new and everything like that because it's it 
if I was a historical like military military memorabilia collector, I would probably try and go for the real thing because the the real thing is closer to that touch point in history than anything else because the reason I'd be interested in that watch is not for its look or its design, but because of the history associated with it and what that history can add to the narrative of my collection. Yeah. Uh, total recreation of the 55 millimeter, it's a novelization of the design without the history. It's not it's not historical because of how it looks, it's historical because of, you know, the role it played. And I feel like this is an appropriate place for authenticity snobbery to come through. You don't really have a proper role in that history or that narrative you're trying to build unless whatever item you're looking at was actually there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of my sense. Unless for some reason objectively you just want a fifty five millimeter pilot watch and you don't want to pay and you don't want to pay fucking IWC prices, you could buy this Laco 55 millimeter if you want. I mean, you're, you're not going to wear it out to dinner. You have to be a gorilla <laughs> if that <laughs> like, works out for you. <laughs> like, and I know there's some guys like that out there, but holy oh, hell. Yeah. The big watch, dude. 50, 55 millimeters? I'll make my sumo look like a fucking 37 millimeter, like, you know, 1960s Seamaster 30. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like, you know, nice, nice watch, dainty man. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, it's like, oh, you know. I want to dig deep into like the social media hashtag pile of like these, uh, these pilot watches. Mm. Maybe at like the paneristy level of enthusiasm. Maybe there's some, some equivalent for these, uh, these Flieger watches. Maybe there's somebody out there unironically wearing these, uh, like on his thigh. Like just going out to dinner. Because <laughs> if you're a day you, in paradise, man. <laughs> hey, if you're on like a shitty Tinder date and you don't want to like look at your wrist, look at your watch and be rude. You just kind of like look down at your thigh. Instead, you keep you keep looking at your crotch. That will. The, if you're ever in a situation where you need to assure the person that you are not interested, just keep looking at your crotch. It's fine. Whatever, there dude. You go. You know? Hey, speaking of which, did you hear that Tinder uh, is adding a panic button to their to their app? So if you're in a, if you're in like a Tinder date situation and it's, cl- and it's clearly not going well and you need an out, you can press the panic button and what your phone will like fake call you or the cops I, will come. I don't know what it does, but I think that thing I think that's gonna be abused. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'm waiting for YouTubers to start doing that as like a prank, like breaking oh people's gosh. hearts, just going like, oh, I accepted this Tinder date just so I can fucking panic button her. That's how horrible <laughs> the internet. And people are, guys, okay? Worst uh, possible scenarios. Man. Remember when it was just the cinnamon challenge? Just a spoonful of cinnamon. Harmless. The worst that happened is a few chuckles and a cleanup and you're done. You know what I mean? Now it's somebody, fucking I think terrible. somebody died. Somebody had to have died. Someone died with planking. Well, that makes sense. If you're planking like off a fucking like mountain or some shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. oh, man. But uh, you know, again, going through these um, these pilot watches. Thankfully, maybe maybe not so much with like the Panerai, Radiomirs, and the and the Luminors. Um, kind of hard to find some modern variety there. With the pilot watches, I I like that that some companies today have evolved the expression. Um, Archimedes mm. being one of them with that GMT. Um, so cool. Zin, yeah, Zen with the five five six. Um I love I love that the Archimedes GMT just adds this like extra pop of color 
to uh, it makes the whole thing feel a little happier. You know what's funny? In a really <laughs> weird way, this is the okay. This this you can tell me if this comparison is one hundred percent out of line, but in a weird way, um, I would love to add the Archimedes. Um, Pilot GMT 42 millimeter to my collection one day because when I tried that watch on and wore it for a bit, that was like my little black dress. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and like, look at, looking at the photos in the article, uh, like the photos that we took for that article, it fits you really, really well. So good. Which means like, it fits me well. Can yeah, we there, right. <laughs> we can we can totally share the same little black dress. I'm not above that. <laughs> Just right? as girls, <laughs> just, as, just as girls, Michael. Just as girls in the tub of eighties, man. It's all good. You know? oh, boy. So I, I know we, um, we touched on that on that Seiko. Is, is there anything else you found? Because I, I didn't know this. This article is like super recent, and yeah, props to Zen. Props yeah. to Zen for putting this together. Uh, Zen was this right? Yeah, yep, Zen was I, very cool. I, uh, I don't this, remember. I don't remember this article being out there, and, and this this watch was shrouded in mystery to the point where I thought like you could only find them in the bottom of like the ocean in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so this <laughs> is from Gear. So this is from Gear Patrol, written by Zen. This thing came out September 2019, so that is fairly recent. I didn't hear about this either. I'm assuming when it was posted, Seiko probably freaked out and paid wherever they had to pay to make sure no one saw it. That's just my guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> I assume the worst of everything I encounter, Michael. That's just who I am. All right. Um, but this is actually a really cool piece. Uh, so Zen talks about sort of, um, you know, what the watch was called, you know, who was wearing it. So just for clarification, this is before Seikos were Seikos. This is when it was still uh, Seikosha. And so mm -hmm. this is technically the, he actually got the name here. This is the Seikosha Tensoku. I'm fucking that up. I'm sorry, guys. Sekosha Tensuku. Uh, the Tenkusu watch is particularly associated with pilots of the Mitsubishi A6M0, which was the main Japanese combat aircraft in the Pacific War. Um, it's a these, hell of an airplane. Is it? I'm not familiar. You're you're the plane guy. I'm just the plane guy. Hi-yo. Homophones. <laughs> hey. Um, hey. <laughs> oh. Uh, what do they say here? <laughs> These were the type of planes often used in the famous kamikaze attacks, but they were used in a wide range of other capacities as well. So it's one of those things where, is it the kamikaze watch? It's a little from column A, it's a little from column B. You mm. know what I mean? But I think the argument can also be made if watches are expensive and if, if, if supplies are limited, especially during the time of World War II when Japan was doing that, it probably wouldn't put one of these watches on a suit on like a on like a kamikaze fighter yeah that's a waste <clears throat> of resources man so i don't know i'm not an expert i've never claimed to be an expert in anything um i don't but, know i don't know much about this this time um period in seiko's history but it would be interesting to find if this same case and like bezel were used in any other models. I swear, I for this. I swear, I've seen Seiko presages that look like this. I feel like I've seen that crown before and mm -hmm. other stuff for what sure. What was that limited edition chronograph with the Rushi dial? Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. I that's. I think we're thinking the same thing. I um, love that fucking chronograph. I saw it in person at the Seiko Boutique in Miami. So fucking cool. Nice. Okay, so no, this watch looks different. This watch looks different. Okay. But I, but I, I, I feel like I've seen under the radar presages with this sort of uh, same vibe. You know. Nice. 
very familiar to me. Uh, where did that article go? There's a cool tidbit here I wanted to reach also. Produced from around 1940, the Tensoku watches were provided to the Japanese Navy, Navy by Sekosha. Uh, Tensoku is an abbreviation for Tentai Konsoku, meaning astronomical observation. Very similar in meaning to the names of their better-known German analogs from along in Sone, Lako, Stova, Wempe, Wempe, how do you say it, and IWC. Those were known as, I'm going to fuck this up, guys. I apologize to any German speakers we have. Beo Boxungser? Oh, just or, say just say beer and or beer. That's what that's yeah. what's then very courteously is put there in parentheticals or beer, which is translated literally as an observation watch. Okay, so apologies for a previous joke I made with Laco calling their watch an observation watch. <laughs> Apparently, that was what the name technically means, but I don't think they're doing too much observing. That's that's just that's just my caveat. It's, it's what you do after the observing <laughs> that matters. <laughs> There's something between observing and leaving that I think is pretty crucial uh, to the whole <laughs> reason they were up there, but whatever, dude. Um, bu- 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 these watches are massive, uh, not as qu- not quite as giant as 55 millimeters. The to- Tensoku measures 48.5 millimeters. Mm. So still a fairly large watch. Um, definitely, again, an interesting part in history, but I think it's one of those things where it's... You know, when we say German watches, you know, uh, people will, will probably like the, 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 the terms of access power watches that are well, you know, fairly well known. The German ones, obviously, folks know about the Italian um, anonymous dial Panerais. I think those are well known if you're sort of in the know, but not as well known. I don't think these uh, these Seiko, uh, these Seikosha Tensoku pieces um, worn by the uh, Japanese uh, fighter pilots. I, I think these are barely fucking known. I think these are like the lesser known of the three. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but, but, but most enthusiasts know that Seiko's... I love this. I love how I love how we ended this. Or not ended it, but like I love this paragraph he wrote. Um, Many enthusiasts know that Seiko's history can be traced to the late 1800s, but most attention and enthusiasm for vintage models today don't go further back than the 1960s or 70s. <laughs> Yeah. Watches like the Tensoku reveal another aspect and deeper context to the modern brand that many people know so well. Very cool. It's even more surprising when you discover this Seiko because a lot of the most popular military Seikos that mm. folks collect today <clears throat> are either like they're pieces like used by the American military. Yep. Um they they made chronographs for the Royal Air Force, um Apache pilots as well. Like different different forces uh like around the world so it's yeah this this can be a surprise and is way way lesser known mm-hmm. you think it's possible to find these things i don't know i th- that was that was maybe my final question I, I'm, I'm wondering if anyone like owns one or <laughs> or if this, there's just like one example left that everyone's photographing did zen photo credit i'm seeing I, i'm seeing some like photos of some guy like wearing it and it's kind of weird like they're very like stylish lifestyle shots <laughs> like he's got a pocket square <laughs> this is not the time to be hanging watch dong yeah wearing a watch like this this is one of those ins- i think this is one of those instances where a uh, historical piece in your collection deserves you know reverence not yeah, like maybe, maybe maybe it's a safe maybe it's a safe piece <laughs> right yeah. Very, very cool. But yeah, so, I mean, those were, I think this was a really cool 
fun way to talk about generally um, sort of that weird point in history where, and I love the point that that, that, that Zen brought up because you could almost extend that weird only focusing on vintage models from like the 60s and 70s you can extend that to a lot of brands it feels like you know i mean obviously uh, uh during the instance with world war ii was a, a a big deal um but i think with these brands in particular uh the ones that we a lot of the ones that we mentioned today yeah with the fucking exception of Laco, apparently um <laughs> they don't really <laughs> Laco's just Laco's walking into the room without pants on and like i don't care who wears pants <laughs> Fuck pants, man. You know? There goes our lock of funding. Out the window, Michael. It's all good. We can we can still be friends. We can still we can still be Christmas card friends. <laughs> you have any Christmas card friends? I've never done Christmas cards. It's just I don't know. I want Maybe to I do should. Christmas cards so bad. But like the Christmas cards I get, it's from like my friends with their kids and their fucking dogs and like you could do with the cats. That'd be really cool if you get the cats to pose for photos. I should just do a Seiko Catterday Christmas card. Does anybody want a Seiko Catterday Christmas card? We'll see. (laughs) So I guess I guess we can wrap that up, and um, I think there was some other stuff you wanted to get to, right? With the main topic. No man. No, after 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 the main topic. Uh, no, I just wanted to talk about the real wrist shot hashtag thing, Psycho Catterday. Um, yeah, I think this is the point in time where I would love to open it up for folks. I know there are plenty of people out there who are way more knowledgeable um, than us uh, in regards to all, all the watch brands you talked about: Panerai, IWC, Stova, Laco, Longe, Vempe, Seiko. Um, especially Seiko. I know there's a whole bunch of really cool, like 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 huge Seiko uh, of, of folks out there. Um, any information that you think is cool or relevant and fun for us to know that you want us to maybe like share as an addendum on a future episode in regards to this discussion, totally let us know. Hit us up, uh, email tbws.contact at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram, roll that dice uh, if you want. Um, in addition to that, I uh, really hope that the show information here was just helpful, interesting, sparked people's um, desires to research. I love getting caught in like a research sinkhole where you're just like yeah. reading and you're just you're 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 just like you're ravenous for more information to kind of create this context string. Because at a certain point, if you're if you're doing like Seiko history and you're starting with the original laurels and like like late 1800s to like all. All the way to now with whatever the fuck Seiko is doing with their lives. If you wanted to connect that whole string like this Seiko Ten Kosu or Tensoku fucking Tensoku, it's definitely a missing link, I feel like. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? So um really hope the episode was fun and uh informative for folks. Um Yeah. You know, really cool wrist check. Happy to hear you still you still have your uh, your Seiko uh, uh, minnow. Happy wearing this pro diver. I might mod this thing. We'll see. Um, I do need to get me that Mickey, that fucking that fucking Mickey Invicta dude. Kind of a no brainer, man. Right? Yeah. It is definitely. Sorry, I'm trying to line up the bezel. It's a six dollar watch. I shouldn't be mad. There we go. <laughs> Understanding what you pay for, folks. Um, but yeah, I, 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 is it, is it, is it that sad time? I feel bad. I feel like we're ending the show like sooner than normal. It's all right. 
some some shows are are this long. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. But yeah, hope everyone had a really, really good time. Um let me see here. If you have any questions on real wrist shot, let us know what's up. But uh is there anything else? Should we let the kids the kids get back to their days? Happy Monday if you're listening to us on Monday. Hope your work week goes well. Right? Yeah. I love reading stories from people who write to us. They're like, yeah, listen, you guys are in the gym and I keep dropping weights on myself. Listen, guys, if we have to tell you to not listen to us in the gym because you might laugh and drop a weight on yourself, two things. <laughs> Don't listen to us in the gym or get a spotter, okay? <laughs> I'm not a gym guy. Even I'm aware you probably need a spotter. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there, all right? That's that's not safe. <clears throat> we are not responsible for uh, any uh, injuries. <laughs> We should do that disclaimer. Remember the old we used to, we used to have a disclaimer on the show. Oh my god! For the language, yeah. And then some people got mad when we took it out, but whatever. Whatever. They don't listen to the show anymore. <laughs> I'm, assu- I'm assuming. <laughs> but here, let's uh, let's do it. Let's close it out. Um, really, really fun. Uh, we'll link to all the articles that we mentioned here. Huge shout out to the articles that we brought up. Thank you so much, to the writers and the researchers and who are logical historians who put a lot of this information together. Um, super cool. Right on. Shall want we? To, want me to say bye? Yeah, I guess. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. Gotta go back to real life. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Stops. Later. <laughs> <laughs>